Sitter snippets is sponsored by Rene Jack Nussbaum with the Nishmas Adobas Yehuda Tzvi. We're up to the Hey, the fifth letter of Ashrei. Hadar Kavod Hodecha, V'divrein Nifla Osecha Asicha. If last night we spoke about Dola Doi Shabach Masecha, and we shared several beautiful interpretations of what that sentence means, this sentence is a little more complicated, a little bit more difficult to understand, frankly, even more difficult to translate. What does it mean? Hadar Kavod Hodecha. I'll speak of the splendorous glory of your majesty. Not sure exactly what that means. The Radak translates it as, I'll speak of the strength and glory of your strength. Clumsy translation. The Radak clearly is struggling as well. What does it mean? Hadar, the Hadar, the glory of Kvod, of the honor of Hodeka, of Hodecha. I'll speak. What exactly does it mean? What exactly is it uh, referring to? So this expression we find somewhere else. We find in Shira Kavod, in Anam's Miros. We find this very same expression. So if you're struggling with the Kavon and Ashrei, I'm sure you all know exactly what to be thinking when you responsibly say this for the Shira Kavod. So what does that mean? By agency of your prophets, the secrets revealed to them, Demisa Hadar Kavod Hodecha, you tell us of your awesome splendor. You tell us through your prophets of your awesome splendor. Hadar kavod hodecha. What does it mean there in Adam's Miras? What does it mean here in Ashrei? So one level of understanding is it means that to truly understand Hashem, to see Hashem, He's cloaked in layers and layers of interpretation. There are layers of, of uh, lavush, so to say. God wears many garments. Even prophets only were able to see Hashem through Asbaklari, Asbaklari Meira. On Moshe, categorically, differently, was able to see Hashem more clearly and was able to initiate the conversation. But even our prophets were only able to see demyonos, perceptions that were clouded by mystery. And Hashem is veiled to them and He's veiled to us. So we speak here by design somewhat ambiguously. We speak hadar kavod hodecha. We speak about the hadar kavod. Layers and layers, veils and veils. We're trying to find and to see Hashem, but He's covered in lavush, He's shrouded in outer garments, we say in Piyut uh, on Rosh Hashanah, Melech Mishlabesh Ba'asara Malbushim, that Hashem is covered in several layers of, of garments, and yet we are trying to look, we are trying to find Him. Rav Hirsch understands this sentence, Hadar Kavorodecha, in the context of Ashrei, describing the Messianic era and the divine revelation in the world, in which is undeniable where we see Hashem. So Rav Hirsch says, while the nations of the world will tell the details of the mighty upheavals in nature, and in history and destruction of uh, the wicked, of the Rishoim, all of them precursors to the Mashiach, we see these events as manifestations of the beauty and glory of Hashem. So even the things that the rest of the world interpret, interprets as deviations in nature or in history, or when we see the Rishoim, the wicked people, have to uh, pay the price, we see that as part of a divine and master plan. That's part of the Hadar Kavod, that's part of the glory and the majesty of Hashem. The Malbim explains what's the difference between Hadar and Kavod. The Malbim says Hod refers to inner beauty and Hadar refers to outer beauty. Hadar, Kavod, Odecha. Therefore, the implication is that the surface beauty of Hashem's world indicates or tells us that there's a deep inner beauty as well. If you look around Hashem's world, the magnificence, the beauty, the splendor, if you understand and you take in Hashem's nature, you see national parks, and you see the Grand Canyon, you see the Swiss Alps, and you see around here, the Everglades, you see uh, the ocean, you see uh, 
the incredible beauty, the outer beauty. So the Hadar, the outer beauty, reflects the Hod, that there's an inner beauty as well. And our mission is to go search. Our mission is to go try to reveal, to uncover, to find that inner beauty. The second half of the sentence is a little easier. David Melech describes Asicha. The root of the word Asicha is a Sicha. Sicha is a conversation, a casual conversation. Sicha, a casual conversation, means when one speaks reflexively, when one speaks intuitively, when one shares what's on their mind. A person shares their innermost thoughts, their innermost world, without needing to analyze or contemplate, and without needing to work hard. It's a sicha, it's a casual conversation of what's going on. For David HaMelech, what's David HaMelech's casual conversation? Divrei Niflo secha. The Niflo Sabore. To see the wonders of Hashem. To see the wonders of the human body, and the wonders of the universe and the cosmos, and the wonders of the natural world and the natural order. Niflo secha, Niflo Sabore. When you see the wonders of Hashem, Asicha, for David HaMelech, that is his casual conversation. It's his regular sicha. Effortlessly, he expresses. If you engage David Amalek in conversation, the different of sicha, he wouldn't be talking about what's happening in sports or the stock market or politics. He would interpret everything going on in the world. So whatever you engage him on any topic of conversation, the different niflos secha sicha. He would see it of niflos habore. It would be a sicha. It would be a conversation that came out from him naturally, which was all about niflos. Habore. just want to close with a quick thought from Rav Kook, whose Yeretzite is today, the third of Elul, his 83rd, I believe, Yeretzite. So Rav Kook writes in his Ein Ayah, his commentary, his fantastic commentary on Agadic sections of the Gemara. So on that Gemara and Brachos that we began with, we introduced Ashrei with, the two uniquenesses of Ashrei that makes it Chazal's favorite parak of Tehillim, chapter 145, are that it's written with a Hebrew acrostic, the Hebrew alphabet, and what's the second reason? Thank you. It has the pot. Welcome back. It has the Pasuk. Glad you're safe. That Hashem opens His hand and Hashem protects us. And Rav Kook sees in these two, um, he sees in the combination of these two attributes that Chazal identified to make Ashrei so special, he sees so the core of Jewish philosophy and of Jewish life, the tenets of what Judaism are about. Ashrei is about Hashem created the universe. There is a creator. We didn't originate on our own. We're not independent beings, but there's a source. Hashem is the creator of the universe. And not only did God create a universe, but unlike the deist concept of God who creates a world and moves on to his next project, Hashem created a world and then intimately remains involved collectively and individually in each of our lives. And said Rav Kook in Einayah, Ashrei affirms both of these tenets. It has the Hebrew alphabet, the letters with which Hashem created the world. So Ashrei is an affirmation that the world has a creator. The Aleph Beis represents, reflects that Hashem created the world. And Poseach Esyadecha, divine providence. That He didn't create a world and move on, but Maspi Lechol It follows the Aleph Beis affirming He created, and it's also Poseach Esyadecha, a reflection of the fact that He continues to relate to us. But then Rav Kuk goes a level deeper, and with this we end. The second explanation connects Ashrei not only theoretically or philosophically, but to our own personal spiritual growth that this month of Elul is all about. And he says there are two requirements to attain ethical and spiritual goals. If a person identifies goals and, and develops resolutions to pursue them. We spoke in the Parsha Shir yesterday that you can't live without Torah. The Ir Miklat, Vachai, person who went to an Ir Miklat, his Rebbe went with him. Because what sustains a person in an Ir Miklat? Not high-speed internet and not direct TV 
and not uh, whatever kind of sushi he or she wants, but what, what supports a person, is Torah. The study of Torah is what we need in order to be connected to the universe, connected to the people around us, and connected to ourselves. And the second thing is to try not to be distracted. The universe throws at us all kinds of forces that try to distract us from being committed to the study of Torah and to living Torah. And said Rav Kook, the verses of Ashri are organized in order to reflect these two ideas as well. Number one, the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the building blocks of Torah. This is what Torah was given with and Torah is written with and Torah is studied with. Or the acrostic, the alphabet represents, uh, the Hebrew alphabet ra- represents the building blocks of Torah. And Posech HaSedecha tells us, don't be distracted by the world. Hashem gives you what you need. So don't be overly distracted by the temptations and by the desires and by even the stresses and anxieties of the world because Hashem's got it covered and Hashem's got your back. So we see here two different approaches to the two uh, criteria or variables the Chazal saw that made Ashrei special and both reflect the path towards personal growth.